Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. I don't take this moment right here for granted. I don't. Um, sisterhood, the very first year, when it, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, um, when I came in and occupied a chair just like you did, we were out in the mall, and I can tell you, it was a catalyst for healing in my life. So I don't take it for granted to be standing up here because I'm just telling you, 10 years ago, I didn't think I would be standing um, and be able to teach the word again. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't feel it. I didn't know it. Um, but man, that's why when we sing that song, the goodness of God, it's just nothing. It's just nothing but the goodness of God. And I know that you can just pull Polaroids up in your mind of just how all your life he's been faithful. Even in moments when you didn't understand, even in the dark times, and maybe you're in one right now, then let me be a testimony to you that there is an other side. And there is the goodness of God. And so you just sit in your chair and you just open your heart and your mind and your ears and your hands and say, Lord, let this be my moment. Let this be my moment. So we are talking about life in the kingdom, and I don't know that I have ever prepared a message that I have enjoyed more. I, I know. I, 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 I'd said the same thing. I was just like, wow, this has just been so beautiful. Maybe it's because I've had 52 years of life <laughs> in the kingdom or, or recognizing, wow, this is kingdom life we're in kingdom life and Harriet had us think about last week about when you hear the word kingdom what do you think of and I remember thinking like my first thought is like it's over there the kingdom to me wasn't like it's not a daily word for me I don't know about you but kingdom was not I don't say kingdom that often I don't I don't live in England with the kingdom so it, the whole kingdom concept is just not a it just wasn't a thing but then when you begin to unfold what kingdom is, and you go, wow, kingdom is my daily. Yeah. Because I have a king, yeah. and I'm one of his people. Yeah. And that puts me right smack dab in the middle of a kingdom. So anyway, so I pray that um, our time together will be a blessing to you. It was certainly a blessing to me as I prepared. So I was thinking about this morning, just like... um. We are but dust. Just look at the miracle of us. Dust. Look at the miracle of us. We are history being played out, walking about. History, his story. Each of us marked to make a mark on this great timeline. Can, can you see? There is you. There is you. So what in this kingdom life will you do? What will not just will be, but what is your hue? What is your next new? And don't be confused that kingdom, life in the kingdom, 
is here. It's not out there. It is here in this moment, in this breath, in this chair. Life in the kingdom is you. It's me. We have a king and we are his people. Simply. Do not fear, little flock. It is your father's, your king's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, see? It wasn't free, but he gives it freely. And oh, so generously. So will you open up your hand and get a grip with me? I thought about the woman who simply built a room onto her house for the man of God to come and stay. She had no idea that she would be featured. She'd have a feature story here that someone would scroll it one day. The woman who broke her vessel of expensive perfume, don't you know that was quite a moment in the room? She had no idea that she would be memorialized for it, her lavish love and worship. Why store it? And the woman at the well, whose very first sermon recorded right here, who knew? She had no idea. She had no clue. And the woman with the issue, well, that's all of us. It's true. No fanfare. I just want to quietly get to Jesus. I've been there. I'm bleeding out. And I don't want to shout. Just a discreet touch. I'm not asking for much. And out of nowhere, he sees me there, eyes of care. And I'm hidden no more. But I'm healed to the core. Like the woman, all is well, all is well. She didn't know which way it would go, but that's the story she'd tell. This life in the kingdom, he's saying, I gotta hand it to you. I think it's for us too, me and you. So what do you say? As of today, on your mark, get set, let's go. Phew. This is more than a talk. I pray it's rather a walk where we are all supposed, we must take. And who knows? What do you suppose? The history, the mark on the great timeline that you'll make. Welcome to life in the kingdom. So life in the kingdom, I told you last week that when I think of the kingdom, there's a verse that comes to my mind every single time, and it's one of my favorites because it came at a time when I was anxious. Anybody? I don't know. I mean, at some, even on our best day, we can have an anxiety moment. We can have an anxious time. But this time, was a real, this was kind of like a life thing. Anxiety had come in, and it had parked itself. And I remember reading this in Luke 12, and Jesus is talking, and he's saying, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. You know, fret not thyself, right? It only causes harm. And you can know it, but somehow the mind and the the body and the nerves aren't connecting. And then I got to this place, and Jesus says, do not fear. Because that's what anxiety is. It's fear. Do not fear. 
little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Did y'all catch that? Give you the kingdom. And I told you, you know, last week, you know, it's Chick-fil-A's job. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. It's my pleasure. That's their job. It's simply who he is. He's not obligated. He don't get paid. He loves you. It's his good pleasure because it's who he is. Isn't that good? That's the kingdom. So what is this kingdom? Why do, if this kingdom is given to us, if we have access to it, he's giving us the kingdom, then why do we wrestle with it so much? Why don't we just walk in it all the time? Why don't we just go with anxiety? No, that's not mine. No, no, no. Why do we wrestle with it so much? Well, because kingdom sounds so lofty, doesn't, doesn't it? Honestly, it doesn't sound like the daily. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a, a daily thing. We're so earthy, aren't we? But what about Psalm 68, 19? It says, blessed be the Lord who daily loads me with benefits. He loads me with benefits. So why don't I just walk in that every day, right? I mean, and listen to the benefits. Psalm 103, here you go. It says he... Forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my sins. Whoa, that's great. He heals all your diseases, redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Not just mercy, but tender mercy. Not, uh, 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 I'm going to give you mercy, even though you don't deserve it, but tender mercies. That sounds like kingdom living, doesn't it? Crowns you, crown crowns you you don't put crowns on your feet crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies and satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed I don't know about you but that's a handful he's handing it to us y'all he's handing it to us y'all you ready to get a grip everybody say get a grip he's handing it to me I'm gonna get a grip I'm gonna hold on to this life in the kingdom because he is handing it to us the kingdom is not far off it is here it is in us me and miss pat get was talking about that last week but the kingdom of god it's not what we eat or what we drink but the kingdom of god is righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit it is good it's righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit and the reason why we wrestle with it, Ephesians 6 will tell us why. For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities against rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. But Ephesians 2, as Michelle just told us, that we are seated in the high places with him. So that's under us. So why? Why do we wrestle? righteousness you can they all just kind of flow together for the kingdom of God is righteousness and we know we ain't right <laughs> right we know we ain't right. I know me I know my thoughts I know righteousness because we know that all have sinned 
and fall short of the glory. I know it. I know I've sinned. And righteousness, unrighteousness reminds us of that. And we have an enemy who likes to wrestle with us, wake us up with that every single day. So I'm like, whew, get me back to the daily. Let me just do my laundry. I'm going to just do laundry. (laughs) That I can do. But as you're doing the laundry, we can be reminded that he's given us an armor of God. He's going, hey, you remember them clothes I got you? That outfit, man, let me tell you what, looks sharp on you, girl. Fits you to a T. Ain't nobody rocked that thing like you do. And that's a head-to-toe outfit, you know what I'm saying? Belt of truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Shoes of peace. Shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. I mean, you are rocking that thing. And he gives us that. It's bigger than food or drink, but we can think about the fruit of the spirit. For the fruit of his spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And he gives us that. Why? Because we are in the vine. We are in him it's his righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit yeah i'm gonna talk about that in a minute because i like that too i like it i like it so here's the thing this armor is not in your hamper it's not in your closet it's in you that fruit it's not on your table or in a basket it could be but it's in you in you do not fear little flock for he will give you he gives you the kingdom And he has, and he's handing it to us. He's the king. We're his daughters. Let's get a grip. You ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Romans 14, 17 says righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. And just before that, it says that the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. And I remember just going, why didn't you say the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit? Because eating and drinking is a major concern. It's not a minor thing. It's not. We all have refrigerators full. You know, we we got a meal plan. We got notebooks for meal planning. Why? Because eating and drinking is a major concern. We need that. That is an earthly need here on the planet. We need to eat and we need to drink. That's an earthly concern. But Jesus is talking about, Paul is writing here, he's going, hey, but I've got a craving for your soul because you're going to get hungry again and you're going to get thirsty again. But what you're really craving is righteousness and peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And when we understand that that righteousness is a gift to us, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. What? The gift of God. See, we have trouble receiving that gift because we know we're not worthy. We know we're not. We know we messed it all up. I think it's funny that it says, you know what, it's not eating or drinking because that's where we messed up, wasn't it? We ate the wrong fruit. He gave us the garden, and we took the one thing we couldn't have, right? What in the world? So he's going, just be clear. (laughs) That ain't what you're after. That's not what you want. But life in the kingdom, it's all gift, and we have to learn what it looks like to receive it. And you don't have to grab it. It's not up for grabs. Up for grabs means like, here it is. Anybody want it, and you've got to grab and take yours, right? This is not dirty Santa. This is, here's your gift. 
and it's got your name on it and ain't nobody else can take it it's yours it's yours yours isn't that beautiful I love that much as I like dirty Santa I just loved it ain't nobody can take that away from me um so let me give you some verses to solidify what I'm talking about righteousness Romans 6.18 says, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Man, if I'm going to be a slave, man, I'm going to be a slave to righteousness. You know what I'm saying? I love that. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's all this is. That's what I say. My genes are full of righteousness. Listen, it's, I'm full of it. And you are too. Be happy. Philippians 3, 9 says, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness is from God by faith. And listen, he gives you the faith too. The Bible says he's given every man a measure of faith. He gives you that. That's life in the kingdom. Life in the kingdom is like, wow, that's mine and that's mine. And that's like returning to the garden where everything that you ever needed or wanted is right there. But you get to choose. You're not a robot. You get to choose life in the kingdom. Isn't that good? I can do that, right? Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, We have peace with God. Look how righteousness goes with peace. Listen, you can't have peace without righteousness. I mean, we're going to see that. We got the breastplate of righteousness, then the shoes of peace, right? But you you can't have peace if things aren't right. You think about it. When you're not at peace, then what's not right? Peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Not what you do. But what Jesus Christ the Lord has done for us, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. We have inherited this amazing life in the kingdom. It's undeserved. But that's what keeps us from it sometimes. That's why we wrestle with it. Where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Do you see how the righteousness, peace, and joy just kind of all build on one another? Isn't that beautiful? The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no distinction. That's Romans 3.22. Romans 10.4, I love that. 10.4, back in them CD days, y'all remember that? Maybe some of y'all do, I don't know. I I do, I remember 10.4, good buddy. Here's one. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness for everyone who believes. He's the end of it. Righteousness is ours. That is a 10-4, good buddy. I love it. Um, Proverbs 14, 12 says, But there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. We can't go by our own righteousness because we just don't know. We just don't know the plans he has. He says, I know the plans I have for you, and it's okay if you don't know because I know. I got the plans, and I can tell you they're good for a future and a hope. And he says that I will direct your steps. You commit your way, I'll establish your thoughts. Here's the way, walk ye in it. That's walking 
life in the kingdom is knowing that we can trust him with our whole heart and not even lean. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't, don't 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 even lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, in all of them, say all of my ways, in all of my ways, acknowledge him, acknowledge him, acknowledge him, acknowledge him, and he's going to do what? He's going to make your path straight. He leads me in paths of what? Righteousness, because that's who he is. He's never going to lead you in the wrong way. He's not. He's not. He can't do it. Peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives because the world's cheap. You know what I'm saying? They're going to take it back. You know? They're going to require a receipt. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Do not be anxious about anything, Philippians says. But in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding. You can't even understand it. You can be in the middle of absolute chaos. You can have an army behind you and a sea in front of you. But somehow the peace of God just shows up and opens up the way and there you go walking on dry ground. I can't explain it, but that is the peace of God in the midst of the stuff. And it says he'll guard your heart. Oh, that's a military term. I'm going to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Listen, peace is your portion. And you can tell the enemy, listen, I got a guard standing at my heart and my mind. That's right. I'm telling you to go, go, go. Peace is guarding me right now. Right. In the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Psalm 29, 11 says the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Isaiah 32, 17. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. The fruit of your righteousness is what? peace so when we are in constant awareness that we have been made right through christ peace is your portion that's the next step that's the fruit of your righteousness is peace and listen righteousness is yours i don't care what you've done i don't care what you've said i don't care what your past looks like you have been made right through christ when god sees you he looks through the lens of jesus and as far as the east is from the west so far have your sins been removed from you. And you know you're east and you're west from the earth, but he's bigger than the earth. The universe has not even been, all of it has not even been discovered yet. So as far from the east to the west means there is no end. You hear me? So he does not see your sin. So you stop looking at it. When the enemy pulls out file card in front of you, he says, no, 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 no. I have been made right in Christ and if all you got is the name of Jesus then just say Jesus because the enemy has to flee from that the fruit of that righteousness will be peace it's effect (laughs) he comes with benefits y'all it's not just that you have peace but it's effect will be quietness and confidence forever You are shutting the enemy up when you remind him that you have been made right. You remember the cross, devil? Do you? Do you remember he came back, that the tomb was rolled away? Because he conquered death, and that's all he had. That's the only card he had. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of Jesus is I traded my your sin I took yours 
you can have my life. Life in the kingdom. Righteousness is yours. Oh, man. Yeah, and it's effect. It's quietness and confidence. You can walk in confidence. You don't have to hang your head. You don't have to shout it. You ain't got to tell anybody anything. You can just walk in quiet and confidence. What righteousness and peace is my portion. I can go because I know my God is leading me. I love it so much. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Beautiful. Isaiah 9, 6, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince Kingdom of Peace. And we are joint heirs with this Prince. Y'all feeling? I'm feeling it up here. I don't even know. I don't even know. Enjoys. Psalm 16, 11 says, You make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is the fullness. The fullness. In his presence is the fullness. He could have put a period right there. In his presence is the fullness, but it's the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. John 15, 11 says, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy remain in you, that your joy might be Full means there's no room for nothing else. You know what I'm saying? There's no room for nothing else. When something is full, it's full. Right? Harriet don't know what full means. If you ever sat at a table with her, you would think. We sit there and we go, I'm full. And she's going, this is fantastic. This is great. <laughs> this little thing you may not know about her. She is... She's a tank, man. She hides it real good. I store it for her, but she pulls it in. No, she stores it well. It's just so funny. But we can be full. I'm telling you, if you're full, there's no room for anything else. I know she's going to kill me. And, and look, in the Holy Spirit, we've got kingdom versus peace versus joy versus in the Holy Spirit. Listen, listen, listen to this. John 14, 16 through 20, and I will ask the Father. He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Not just when you need him, not just when you're in trouble. He'll be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I don't leave you as orphans. Bless Jesus. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live you will live also. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. Jesus is saying, I am in my Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. Yeah. If we would remind, like remind ourselves that this word right here is alive and full of power and it's living on the inside of me, I'm telling you, I think we will walk with just our... We're just straighter. Uh, headache or not, man, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't care. Boom, boom. John 15, 4 and 5 says, Remain in me as also I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Man, all our job is is to stay, you know what I'm saying? Just stay. Just hang out in the vine. Let's just hang out in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. What I love about that is when you watch fruit or veggies or whatever that's in the vine, 
they're not toiling. They don't have a shovel in their hand. They're not wiping sweat from their brow. They're hanging. They know what to do. They know what to do. And Jesus said, that's us. You're going to know what to do. You don't have to grab it. You don't have to steal it. Oh, I want that right there. I'm going to take it. We don't have to do that. We just abide in him. It's not that we don't have work to do because he set up a system. Six days shall you work and on the seventh day is going to rest. That's what he said. We're going to hang out together. It's going to be awesome. But I'm going to say, when we hang out with him, we will know what to do. To me, one of the greatest examples of that in the Bible, well, for me, I'm sure there's lots of examples of life in the kingdom in here, but um, he's the wrestler himself, and it's Jacob. Listen, we get to see the process of his life, you know what I mean, like beginning to end. We actually get to see his whole life played out. He comes in the world wrestling because the enemy likes to start early, doesn't he? What does it say in Genesis 25, 22? It says, but the children wrestled together within Rebecca. And she said, if all is well, then why am I like this? I mean, listen, they didn't have ultrasounds like we do. She did not know that there was two of them in there just having a wrestling match every single day. She's going, what in the world? And so she went to inquire of the Lord. Isn't that something? I love her already. She's going, I don't know what in the world is happening up in here. But God, I'm going to need an inquiry. I need to have some answers. And God tells her. He says, you got two nations inside of your womb. Two peoples. And one is going to be stronger than the other. And the older will serve the younger. You hear that prophetic word right there? God tells her from the very get-go. The older is going to serve the younger. See, Jacob didn't have to come out snatching and grabbing. God already had to take care of him. You know what I'm saying? But the enemy... The enemy likes to start early. But let me tell you something. God starts earlier than he does. Psalm 139 says, I knew you before you were created. I knit you together in your mama's womb. And before you lived out a day, every page of your book was written. The enemy may start early, but God starts earlier than that. I'm going to lock in with him. Um. So, so when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red. And he was like a hairy garment all over. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> he was a red, hairy carpet when he came out. <laughs> wow. Okay. And then afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. And the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man. He dwelt in the tents. You have one that's an outside man. You have one that's an inside man. It's room for everybody. It's fascinating. It's awesome. It's great because Esau had a built-in coat. I'm like, he's ready for the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob's like, man, I'm going to let you handle the outdoors. You're equipped for it. Right? So, um, yeah, it's awesome. And it says here, and Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. He was an outdoor man. And Rebecca, well, she loved Jacob because he was an indoor man. That's okay. It's all right. And so Jacob cooked a stew. I don't know what it is about these fellas and food. But when there's a stewing, there's something brewing with these two. 
So they're grown up a little bit, and Jacob is cooking a stew, and Esau comes in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please, feed me some of that red stew. I thought it was funny. It calls it red stew. I'm like, oh, is he just feeling like, oh, that I'm red. Stew's red. Let's, let's, I'm ready. Let's do it. He says, please feed me some of that red stew, for I am weary. And then Jacob said, well, I'm going to take advantage of his power right here. He's going, oh, I got the food, and he is hungry. Sell me your birthright. Wow. Dog, Jacob, that's harsh. I mean, just give your brother some food. He's been out working. He says, sell me your birthright, and I'll give you some of this stew. Well, Esau, he said, look, man, I'm about to die, so what good is my birthright to me? And he actually sells his birthright to his brother for a bowl of stew. No wonder Paul was saying, listen here, the kingdom of God ain't food and drink. It's not food and drink. Because we have definitely, we have a problem with our food. What I think is interesting here is that sweet little Jacob, he's not trusting God for what God has for him. He's manipulating and taking it for himself. And then sweet Esau was not appreciation, appreciating what was given to him, his birth right, right? Then we go to Genesis 27. Now they've grown up, time has passed. It says, now it came to pass when Isaac was very old and his eyes were dim that he couldn't see, that he called Esau his, older bro- his oldest son, and he said to him, he said, son, here I am. Behold, I am old. I love that. Behold, I am old. Like, that's a revelation. <laughs> Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. <laughs> Y'all, the word is great, isn't it? It's so much fun. He said, now, therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver, your bow, go out to the field and hunt game for me. You know, like what we used to do, man, hunt the, hunt the food. Give me the savory food as I love, and you bring it to me, and we're going to eat together so that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, Rebecca was listening. <sighs> Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. And when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt the game and bring it, Rebekah spoke to Jacob. She says, listen, indeed, I heard your father speak to Esau, your brother, saying, bring me the game. Make savory food for me that I may eat it, and I'm going to bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice, she says, according to what I command you. Mama said it. Go now to the flock. Bring me some of the two choice kids of the goats, and I'm going to make savory food for them for your father, such as she loves. She says, I know how to make that dish, too. I got it. (laughs) Then you're going to take it to your father so that he may eat it, and he's going to bless you before he dies because she knew the spoken power of the blessing. But let me just tell you something. God is the blesser. He is the blesser. When we trust him, we can trust that the path that he has for us is good. She did not have to intervene, but she doesn't. Even Jacob's going, Mom, I don't don't know this is going to work. Listen, Ma. He's going, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man. I'm manscaped. I'm smooth-skinned, he said. Even my voices are different. But his mother said, well, then let it just be on me. Obey my voice. Go now. Do what I tell you. So he went out. He got him, brought him to his mom. She made the food. Father loved it. Rebecca took the choice clothes of her elder son Esau, and she gave them to Jacob to put on, and she even put skins of the coats of the goats that she had cooked. Gosh, bad day for the goats. And... Put it on his skin so that he would feel hairy. And sure enough, he went to his father. My father, he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jake, 
Um, Isaac asked, Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. Oh, oh, not right, not right, not right. Then Isaac said to Jacob, well, please come near that I may feel you, my son, whether you really are Esau or not. So Isaac is a discerning man. He's going, I don't know. Doesn't sound like you. So Jacob went near Isaac, his father, left him. He said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. I think it's very interesting that he goes with what is external and not what is internal. He goes with what his hands are feeling and not what he's feeling on the inside. That's a message all right, all in itself, isn't it? It can look and feel like one thing, but it can be totally different. And he had it. He knew it. He knew it. Then he said, are you really my son? I am. Well, bring it to me. I'm going to eat of my son's game, and my soul's going to bless you. And he does. He blesses him. And then what happens? Esau comes in the room with his game. He's so excited. This is he and his dad's big moment together, going to share before he passes away. Y'all, this is a moment Jacob not only stole his blessing, he stole a moment. I mean, can we just grieve for Esau for just a minute here? When he comes in and finds out that Jacob had that moment with his dad that he was supposed to have. It says that he hated him to his very core. He said, okay, when my dad dies, I am killing Jacob. That's it. I am done. Rebecca says, Jacob, uh, dog, man, you're going to need to leave. You're going to need to pack your bags and get out of here. Go and stay with your Uncle Laban. And he sends him out. It's not right, y'all. It's not right. That's not life in the kingdom. That's not the promise of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob there. But God's got a plan. And in the midst, Jacob finds himself all alone in the middle of the wilderness. And it says that he lays down. And he sets his head upon a rock as a pillow. Literally a rock in a hard place, right? But I'm going to tell you, no matter what your circumstances, you can always lay your head on the rock. And in that moment, even in the midst of all that unrighteousness, even in the midst of all that chaos, sometimes it's the darkest times when we can see the most clear. And God gives Jacob a dream. And in that dream is a ladder. And there's a ladder extending to the earth. And Jacob sees the angels ascending and descending with God at the top. God gives him a blessing. He says, listen, that land you're laying on right there, I'm going to bless it. And it's going to be for you and your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children. And when Jacob wakes up, we all need to wake up. He says, surely, surely presence of God was here and I didn't even know it listen y'all life in the kingdom is here and some of us don't even know it but from that moment on right here Jacob wakes up and he takes that rock that he was sleeping on and he turns it into an altar and he surrenders he stops grabbing he stops taking and he says okay okay if you're gonna be with me all right I'm gonna lay it all down I'm gonna lay it all down and it's a process for Jacob. But man, 
that righteousness right there of making an altar and surrendering. That's the moment. And when we can make a practice of that every day, it's God, I surrender. Whatever is ahead of this day, God, I surrender it to you. I give it to you because I know that you are the best way. And I'm going to test you and I'm going to see. God says, taste and see that, Lord, he is good. He's going to try me out. I promise, I dare you. I, I promise you I'm good. I promise you I'm good. And it don't matter what it looks like. Time goes on for Jacob. God blesses him. Listen, the tribes come from Jacob. He works. He gets Leah. He gets Rachel. He has all the kids. But there's things have been made right, but he's not quite at peace until he meets his brother and makes peace with his brother. And he knows it's coming. It's one of my favorite places in the Bible. Jacob escapes from Esau, but then there's a moment when he comes back to meet him. Jacob leaves Laban. He takes his whole tribe, literally the tribes. <laughs> he takes the tribes with him. And in Genesis 32, it says, Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. How many of you know that in the midst of your stuff, God's, God's with you. The Bible says he's given his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. Can you hit all of your ways. Not just the good times, not just the bad times, not just, but all of your ways. Every single one of them. Even in the stuff that you chose and it was wrong. He's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. And it says that he begins to make a plan. He's like, okay, I'm going to meet Esau. Here we go. And he tells his camp the plan. He's going to go, I'm a, we're going to present him with a whole bunch of gifts. And I love the way it's worded. Please let me find it. Let my eyes fall upon it. It's the most sweet. Here it is. It says that he sets up two different camps, one to go before him. And then he's going to pull up the rear. And it says that he lodged that night. He sent them on ahead. And he took what came to his hand as a present to his brother Esau. See there, he's not grabbing hold. He's instead extending it out. The language also here changes. He's not lording over Esau. When you, begin to re when you read chapter 32, you see that he calls himself servant. I, your servant, you, my Lord Esau. I'm your servant, you, the Lord Esau. And I come and I present to you this present. He said, there, they are your servant, Jacob's. It is a present sent to my Lord Esau, and behold, he is behind us. So the servants come back. They say, okay, he's coming. So I've got my presents ready. Here we go. He said, hopefully I will appease him with the present that goes before me, and afterward I will see his face, and perhaps he will accept me. He is still thinking, oh, my goodness, it's dependent upon my hand. It's dependent upon my hand. I hope, he will, I hope he will accept me, but God, but God. And so all that night, he's got one more night. He's got one more wrestle. And it says that he wrestles with the Lord. Y'all, that's what it's all. But there's rest in the wrestle. You hear what I'm saying? You look at that word wrestle, there's rest in the wrestle. Because that's what life in the kingdom is about. It's okay to wrestle with the Lord. It's okay. He's going, I got you. I got you. And this, I love this. So he arose that night, took his two wives, the female servants, and his 11 sons. He crossed over the ford of the Jabbok. He took them, sent them over, and Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him. Now, my Bible says wrestling with God. That's what mine says. 
So some some sort, whatever. Wrestle with him until the breaking of day. Y'all, now that is a wrestling match. Listen, I couldn't arm wrestle Michelle for two minutes. <laughs> but they wrestle all, all night. And I am sure that wrestling with a man of God is going to be quite the physical feet there it says that when he saw that he did not prevail against him he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip went out of joint and he rest as he wrestled with him and he said let me go for the day breaks and Jacob says I will not let you go unless you bless me he says, tell me your name what's your identity grab her no more shall your name be Jacob but Israel for you have struggled, you have wrestled with God and with man, and you have prevailed. He can let go because he now gets the fact that my blessing comes from God. I'm not going to let go, God, until you bless me. That's who we need to be grabbing hold of. That's who we need to have a grip on. We need to be grabbing hold of anything else. When we've got a hold of him, listen, you're going to get the blessing because that is life in the kingdom, and that is the moment when everything changes. God says he's got it now. He's got it. He's got a grip on me. He's not looking to hold on to anything else. He's going, okay. And it says that the sun rose upon him and that he walked with a limp. When we have a firm grip, when we are holding his hand, the light is going to shine on you. You can't even help it. And you're going to walk different. You're going to walk different. And what's beautiful is the next day he meets up with Esau. It's the most beautiful reconciliation. I cry every single time I read it. Jacob lifts up his eyes and he looks and there Esau is coming. Now he thinks he's coming to come kill him, right? I mean, that's the, that's the plan. He looks up, Esau is coming. There's 400 men. He's divided among the children and he put the maidservants ahead and there he is, they're getting ready. He crosses over before them and he bows himself to the ground seven times until he comes near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and he embraced him and he fell on his neck and he kissed him and they wept. The one who said, I'm going to you stole my blessing. You stole my birthright. And instead, God has prepared his heart and tendered it up to the moment that they meet and they fall upon one another. And Jacob says, it is like I have seen the face of God. Because that's what forgiveness is. That's what forgiveness is. And I'm telling you, we don't have to manipulate a thing. We don't have to hold a thing. We don't have to get in the way. When we let God take control, he brings full circle, full circle. Jacob didn't know. We knew the end of the story because we've read it before. But Jacob didn't. And I will bet you that peace with God, that peace with man, the joy that he walked in from then on. And listen, it's important. It's important. Life in the kingdom is important because people are depending on you. There's a ripple effect. Jacob had no idea that the 12 tribes would be the tribes of Israel. He had no idea that out of him would come Joseph and he would save a nation. And that out of him would come the tribe of Judah, which would come Jesse, which would come David, which would come Jesus, who would save the world. And now here you are. We need to walk in the kingdom that he's given us. We are, but y'all, you're just nothing but dust. But look at you. Look at you. Look what you can do. And who knows? Who knows?
kids and the generations are depending on it. So what I want us to do is I want you to break up into your little groups, and we've got um, two little groups. It sounds like we're just in kids' church. We're going to break up into little groups. And I want you to think about what of the three, of righteousness, of peace, of joy, which one do I struggle with the most? Which one do I struggle with the most? And then we're going to come back together, and I've got a little something before we leave. Okay? Cool, cool? Cool, cool. But I wanted to end with this. You know, we know he's the God of generations. He's the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Jacob, if he had not have let go and let God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, It says in Genesis 33, Jacob came safely to the city in the land of Canaan. The land that God promised, right? He pitched his tent. He bought the parcel of land. And he created an altar there. And he named it. I'm going to butcher this name. Forgive me. El Eloi Israel, God, the God of Israel. And that's what God named him in the wrestle. He's not just God of the kingdom. He's my God. He's the God of Israel. And he's mine. He's not just a king. He's a king. And he's yours. He's yours. So I pray today is the day that you say, I'm living my life in the kingdom. I'm living my life in the kingdom. Because the Bible tells me so. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for our time together. We know that in your presence is the fullness It's the fullness. And so, God, we just pray that we are aware in every moment that we are never outside of your presence. That you are a with us, God. In us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all, there's a difference between in and on and alongside. I can be beside an airplane it ain't going to get me nowhere. <laughs> I can be near my shower, but it ain't going to get me clean. You got to be in it. Y'all, it's in you. It's in you. It's in you. Got to hand it to you. Get a grip. Amen. Amen. Yay.